0: Glory, glory hallelujah the
1: Let's just bow together. Blessed Heavenly Father, that is our song that we're singing tonight, O God, the song of the redeemed. Lord, once we were bound in, in chains of sin, Lord, once we were dead in sins and trespasses, but Lord, even when we were dead in sins and trespasses, you came by our way, Lord. You called our name, Lord. Just like you called Adam when he was hiding there in the garden. He knew he was naked, he knew he had fallen, he knew he had done wrong, and he was there hiding, but yet you still came by his way. And Lord, you came by our way one day, and Lord, we have never been the same since, Lord. And Father, we are so thankful for all that you have done for us. And Lord, we are looking to you tonight, O oh God, for Lord, we can't do anything on our own, Lord by ourselves, but Lord, we we want to do everything that we do through Christ Jesus. Lord, in everything, Lord, that we say. Lord, we want you to be able to come behind it and back it up lord so lord what we say we want it to come just from your word lord and lord if there be anything that we say that would that would be wrong just stop our lips oh god and lord may we may we not say it lord but correct us oh god if we should say us just correct us lord and bring it right back in line with the word father lord god we just want to give you this service we want to give you the preeminence in it oh god and just desire that you would have your way in our lives Bless the reading of the word, Lord, as we would read it. Lord, bless the hearing of the word as we hear it. May it be heard from our hearts, Lord. May you bring understanding to it, O God. Enlighten our eyes, Lord Jesus. Bring us deeper in Christ Jesus that we might know you more, Father, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. Amen. We're going to take our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah 29. Thank you, musicians, for playing tonight. I want to say God bless you to everyone, and it's certainly good to, to be with you once again. And it's been a while since I had the opportunity to speak to you. And I want to thank Brother Ed for giving me a chance to, to share what was on my heart. And, and uh, amen. I bring greetings from the church in Grand Prairie from Brother Darren. And, and we're just Pressing on, you know, as Brother Branham said one time as he was greeting the saints and greeting to the saints over here who are waiting for the coming of the Lord and the saints over there who are waiting for the coming of the Lord. And you know you're here waiting for the coming of the Lord, and we're just the saints from Grand Prairie waiting for the coming of the Lord. Amen. 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 Jeremiah 29, and let's read. We're just going to read one verse there, verse 11, and then we'll turn to Ephesians For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. We'll turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and I just want to take one thought from Jeremiah, and that is that statement, to give you an expected end. And in Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What a humility that Paul had. You know, when we look back at Paul, we consider him maybe to be the greatest apostle, or at least one of the great apostles, you know, who went and, and fellowshiped with Peter, and they were preaching exactly the same thing, and... and uh, there they were, just brothers in Christ, but he just considered himself to be the least of all the saints, and, and he says that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he had purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the word. You can have your seats. I want to speak this morning on the mystery of you. In Ephesians, it says here in verse 9, Paul says, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So that was Paul's desire that he would preach, preach the unsearchable riches of Christ so that we could see the fellowship of the mystery, so we could enter into this, so we could enter into this fellowship because it's to, to understand the mysteries of God, we have to enter into this fellowship. And, and, and there's many things that were mysterious, many things that were hidden in the Word and hidden in God. And, and so, uh, but we know that we're living in the day when all the mysteries of God are finished. They've been made known. So when Paul says, the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden, God, we know that that mystery can no longer be hidden. There has to be access to it. Because because all the mysteries have been finished, therefore the mystery that was hidden, God, from before, from the beginning of the world, that mystery now has to be accessible. That we might know and that we might enter into fellowship with that hidden mystery. So now he says, God, it's God's desire to make these things known, that we might know the manifold wisdom of God according to his eternal purpose, so he had always purpose. he would always had in his mind to share with us the depths of his mysteries. That was always his plan. It wasn't, it wasn't something that God decided in this last days and said, well, I guess my people are just never going to get it. I guess I better show them. But no, it was, it was impossible to understand the mysteries of God unless God would reveal them. When God spoke to John in Revelation 10, he said, he said, seal it up. Because now is not the day for these things to be known. But there's coming a time when the seven thunders will utter forth their voices. And the mysteries that are hidden within those thunders will be made known. And the people will then have access to be, to be able to understand the mysteries. Or to be able to enter into the fellowship of the mystery. So there, there, there was coming a time when that day would Happen, And we are living in that day when we have access to enter in to the fellowship of the fullness of God's Word where nothing is hid from you. And, and why? Because we're suddenly smart enough to figure it out. We're suddenly able to understand and we suddenly have access to enough smarts and education that now we can finally put the mysteries together. No, because God opened a doorway that had been closed since the beginning of the world and said, now you can enter in. And I will make myself known unto you. So he, Paul says he, this eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So everything now God has done through Christ Jesus. In whom, in Christ, we have boldness and access with but with confidence by faith of him. So through Christ Jesus, how can we gain access to these hidden mysteries? How can we gain access to this fellowship? Through Christ. He has given us boldness and access. Amen. Right. Amen. So access. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in to the holiest. By the blood of Jesus Christ. So having boldness. So it says through Christ we've been given boldness and access. So we want to know what we've been given boldness and access to. Because we want to know where to find these mysteries. We want to enter into fellowship with God. That we might know the mysteries of God. That we might know God's plan and purpose and what it was all about. So, so he says he's having boldness to enter into the holiest. So the holiest then is where Christ has given us boldness to enter into. The holiest is the place that was not accessible before, but now through Christ has been made accessible. So now we can enter into this place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. So he has consecrated this way. He has made this way. He has opened this way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So so when we're talking about the holiest, of course, it's referring back to the type, which the type was the tabernacle, and how that there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and there was a holy of holies. Access to that Holy of Holies was blocked. You could not go in beyond the veil. It was death to go in through the veil. So, But now the Word of God is saying that through Christ Jesus, we've been given access into the holies. So fellowship then is in this Holy of Holies. The, the, the type of which was the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle where nobody could go in and fellowship there. Well, there was one man. The Bible speaks about Moses. In in, in Exodus 25, 21, it says, And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony which I will give you. And there I will meet with thee. With who? With Moses. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all the things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. So there was only one man that had access to this place, that was Moses. Moses would go in there and have fellowship with God between the cherubim. The the pillar of fire would come down. God would speak to Moses and fellowship with Moses and share with Moses whatever he wanted Moses to take and speak to the children of Israel. There was the place of fellowship. Outside of that Holy of Holies was, was worship and was service unto God. But inside the Holy of Holies was fellowship. And now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been given access into the holiest. You've been given access to fellowship. So we want to enter in to that place of fellowship. Where is that place of fellowship? The Bible speaks about Adam in the book of Genesis. And it says, And they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And, and how Brother Branham talked about how that God would come down in the cool of the evening and would fellowship with Adam and Eve. And, and where was this that he fellowshiped with them? He fellowshiped with them in a garden. The garden was a place called Eden. And there God would come down and would have fellowship with Adam. Adam had fellowship With God, there in that place, in that secret place, that garden. Adam lived in that garden. Adam lived in that secret place. He lived in fellowship with God. But because of sin, now he hid himself. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And the Lord God said in verse 22... Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. So here was Adam now living in this garden. And God says, there's a tree here that I don't want Adam to have access to. Because he's fallen into sin, now we have to push him out of the garden. So here was Adam living in this garden, but here at the beginning of the world, the Bible says there was mysteries that were hidden in God since the beginning of the world that Adam didn't even know about. And God says now, lest he discover these hidden mysteries, he can no longer have access to this place of fellowship. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims. So now this became a guarded place. And we see it typed out in the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. Cherubims all around it. Cherubims on that inner veil. There was no cherubims on the outer veil. There was no cherubims on the the door coming into the outer court. The cherubims were on that inner veil. No man could go through that inner veil. It was guarded by cherubims, representing the Garden of Eden that was guarded by, by cherubims. That place of fellowship was guarded by cherubims place at the east of the garden of eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life so the purpose now of this guard was to keep the way keep access from the tree of life garden so what was hidden there in the midst of the garden of eden it was the tree of life all the mysteries of God were hidden in this tree of life that God says, I don't want Adam to have access to this because of sin. So the way was kept, the way was guarded by cherubims. Eden is a place then that is, was not destroyed. When, when man fell into sin and man was kicked out of the garden, God didn't say, burn it down. That's it. I planted this garden. I tried to have fellowship. I tried to make something nice. They didn't like it. Burn it down. Burn it down and destroy it. It will be no more. But Eden was not a place that was destroyed. You, you, the reason that you can't find Eden today is not because it was destroyed. Not because God uprooted all the trees and and, and, and plowed them under and created a desert there. It's not some hidden place that man is one day going to step over the ridge of a mountain and be like, wow, here it is all along. Eden, hidden here in the middle of the world. No, Eden has never left. Eden has never changed. But it's access into that garden that was, that, that was taken away from man. So he lost his access back. The way there, the access into that place was guarded and was, was veiled and was taken away from man so that he could not enter in to this place. Now Jesus says in the book of John chapter 4, he says, and whither I go... You know, and the way you know. Which place was this? Where was this? What was he talking about? And 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 they looked at him and they said, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we don't know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Lord, we don't we don't even know what you're talking about. But Jesus, Jesus is was expecting them to have a little bit more spiritual eyesight than what they did. You know where I'm going. And 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 you know the way. So they should have they 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 should have remembered that there's one place where the way is blocked, there's one place that nobody else can go, there's one place that nobody else has access to, there's one place that, that, that we can't get there and we need a way to get there and and that's been prophesied since the beginning of time, that's been prophesied that this way was coming, one day the, the woman's seed would bruise the serpent's head and, and, and these things and they were prophesied and, and behold uh, uh, the virgin shall conceive and unto us a child is is born and, and all of these things were prophesying, prophesying of this coming day. And he says, Whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So everything was hidden in Christ. The way was in Christ. The truth was in Christ. Men had grasped at the mysteries of God down to the world. Maybe it means this. Maybe it means that. Maybe it means this. And, and they, they, they had struggled and strived to understand it. The, the prophets and the sages of old had tried to understand the things of God, but they could not. But it, Jesus says, I'm the truth. I am the revealing of the mysteries. I am that which was hidden in God from before the world began. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Why would we want to go unto the Father? Because we want to enter into fellowship with the Father. So the only way to enter into fellowship with the Father was through Jesus Christ. Through Him we have boldness and access. By a new and living way which He has consecrated for us. Through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. Now, Brother Branham says in the message, the Messiah, 1961, he says, now, when a man is converted, say, just like that little white button starts in his heart. Now, that part is God. When he's born again with the Spirit of God, God's Spirit dwells in him. Now, he can let that Spirit grow. And take out all the roots of bitterness. And press God's way through him again. He can become back in the same condition that he was when he was in the garden of Eden. So Brother Branham is saying, through the new birth, now you have again received access back into the Garden of Eden. How do we gain this access? You must press in. You can let the Spirit grow. So the new birth then is not the end of the road, but through the new birth, now you can begin to enter into fellowship with God. You can let the Spirit grow from within you until it takes out all of the roots of bitterness. So many times we struggle with bitterness. We struggle with strife. We struggle with anger. We struggle with different things. But when you've received the new birth, now let the Spirit of God grow. How how is it going to grow? The same way that anything else grows. You've got to feed it. You want a tree to grow, you gotta feed it water, you gotta feed it sunlight, you gotta feed it nutrients. You want your children to grow, you gotta feed them food, you gotta give them water, you gotta let them sleep once in a while. Amen. So, so you got to let them grow. And to, to allow them to grow, there's certain things that take place. My, my sons, when, when they were born, they were my sons. And you could see a little bit of my likeness inside of them. You say, oh, he looks like his father. And other people say, oh, I think he looks like his mother. But you see, they were, they were my sons. But they, yet they weren't as big as me. They weren't as strong as me. They didn't have my abilities. They didn't have my intelligence, whatever that might be. But they didn't have all of these things yet. They needed to grow. So how were they going to grow? Well, because they were my sons, I didn't put them outside in the doghouse and give them dog food. I didn't put them out in the goat barn and give them hay. I didn't put them in the chicken yard and give them scratchings. No, I put them at my table. So that they could eat the same food that I was eating. And that's what God does with His sons. He doesn't do that when you were dead in sins and trespasses. But even when you were dead in sins and trespasses, He came by your way and He quickened that seed gene within you. And you received a new birth. And when the Spirit of God comes in you now, that Spirit within you is crying to have Abba Father. And so God, our Father, doesn't say, oh, out you go. Go find something. When you're mature, come back. No. He says, you're my son. We're crying out, Abba, Father. And he's saying, my son, my son, come and sit at my table and eat my food. Because when you grow up, when you mature, you are going to be just like me. That was God's desire. That was his purpose, that he might create many sons unto himself. You can read in in the the Church Age book, in the, the Laodicean Church Age, under Salutation, where Brother Brown talks about the beginning of the creation of God. Brother Brown says, God created himself a part of his creation. And Christ was the first of that, the firstborn. And now he's creating many sons unto himself that they would, Christ would have many brethren. says, this is the true revelation of God. This was his purpose. Amen. So he wants to bring you into fellowship. And by the new birth, now you have access to the table of God. So you can sit and eat God's food. So you can sit and drink the everlasting water that comes from that fountain. So the same condition that he was when he was in the Garden of Eden. Eden is the place then where the spirit of man comes into harmony with the spirit of God. A place of fellowship. 1 Corinthians 3.16, know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So you're the temple of God. You are what was reflected in the tabernacle. The presence of God came down and dwelt in the Holy of Holies. And Paul is saying, know you not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit is dwelling in you, that you have a Holy of Holies and in your Holy of Holies by the new birth, now God is dwelling in you. Paul's saying, don't you know that? Amen, Amen. I believe we know that as believers tonight. Amen. And in Luke 17, it says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. All right, so who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the believer. He's speaking to the sons and daughters of God. The, 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 the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with observation. The Bible says that the saints, the righteous, shall walk out upon the ashes of the wicked. The wicked will not be there to observe the kingdom of God coming. Those that are observing the kingdom of God coming are those who are walking out upon the earth. They're not observing something happening. They are what's happening. Because all those that are coming back with Him are the ones who had the Spirit within them from the beginning. The kingdom of God dwelleth within you. And when is the kingdom coming back upon the earth? When Christ comes with His saints the kingdom of God coming with all those in whom the kingdom of God dwells. Hallelujah. Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he says, and when we see all these great threefold revelation, God in Christ, Christ in the church, the kingdom coming, Adam and Eve redeemed back to the garden of Eden in the representation of Christ and his bride, Then the kingdom is going to be restored according to his promise. Praise be to God, Brother Branham says. So we see Eden, we see the kingdom, we see the new birth, we see the Holy Spirit. So a part of Eden is in you. A part of God is in you. A part of his spirit is in you. A part of that kingdom is is in you. The kingdom of God is within you. Brother Branham says the threefold purpose of God. We're going, God, all that was in God, he poured into Christ. All that was in Christ poured into the church. And then that he might have the preeminences, that he might bring her back to a garden of Eden. What's that? The kingdom. A portion of that is within you. What, What is it? The Bible calls it the earnest. Of your inheritance. It's not something different than the inheritance. But it's a little piece. Of what it's going to be like over there. It's the same thing. That that entire kingdom is made up of. A part of it dwells within your heart. Through the new birth. The inner man. Is back in harmony with God. So who are you? We want, we're speaking about the mystery of You. Ephesians 3.16, it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Oh, that's not the end of the verse, though. It doesn't just say to be strengthened by might, and we all, oh yes, we got to get our bodies in shape. We got to get this all together. We got to work out. We got to eat right. We got to fix our diet. We got to solve all the problems. We got to get it together so that we can get back to No, he says, he says the strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. God is working from the inside out. You look at any religion in the world, and, and how do they show their beauty? You see the golden temple of the Sikhs. You see the dome of the rock on, on in, in Jerusalem there with this big golden dome on top. You see all these other different religions and in the gold. You look at, you look at the, uh, the Catholics in, in, the, in the Vatican and the beauty that's displayed and, and the gold and the treasures and the artwork and everything. But then you look at what God does. When the God of heaven said, Moses... You're going to build a tabernacle. What does he do? All of the gold, all of the preciousness is hidden down on the inside. And what does, what does man see from the outside? All he sees is a bunch of badger skins. How could the God of heaven dwell in that? Well, you will never know because it's a mystery to you because you're on the outside. You're not on the inside. The mysteries are revealed to those who enter into the inside. Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Second Corinthians 5:17, "Therefore, if any man be where in Christ. He is a new creature. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God's not renovating your life and saying, well, we just need to move this a little bit. We need to back your temper off a little bit, and we need to get your, uh, your, your spirit of giving a little boost and make you a little happier and a little less sadness in your life. We'll just adjust that. No, you are a new creature in Christ. God wipes the slate clean as though you never did it in the first place. Blank slate. Just like when God set up the tabernacle in the wilderness. God said, Moses, go outside the camp and begin to set up the tabernacle in an open spot, in a blank space where there is nothing. He justified us. He wiped the slate clean. said, I'm starting a new work. I'll give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit within you. And inside of that spirit, I will put my spirit in there. That's exactly how Moses built the tabernacle. What's the last thing that Moses did? The very last thing. All of this work, all this craftsmanship, all this description. And so much description and so much work. And then then there's one verse. And Moses set up the court hangings of the tabernacle and the tabernacle was finished that's the only verse given to the flesh God is not worried about the flesh God is not dealing in the ways of flesh the Bible says when the marriage of the lamb has come his wife has made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen God doesn't say, oh, she's going to take years, there's going to be all this preparation and oh, she's got to go through all of this, all this health retreat and oh, she's got to get her diet fixed and oh, she's got to go to the doctor and get this surgery done and that surgery done and laser for the eyes and hair implants and get everything back until she's perfect. No, God's working on your character. God's molding you from the inside out and then when all is finished and his wife is ready then to her is granted. Now now here is your robes. Here's the flesh part. Now I will transform you. You'll be quickened in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye. It's not a 12-year process. It's not a step-by-step, step, read this big manual, how here's you're going to do it. No, God says, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians two eleven says, Wherefore remember you being in time past being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Jump to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off us Gentiles we who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Alright, so we can't, we, we, we can't, there's no way, the devil can in no way push you out. The devil can in no way say that this does not belong to you. But this is just as much for you as it is for every Jew down through history. God is saying this is for you. Those who were sometimes afar off, now you are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. The provision has been made. The entrance has been made. In in the the Pergamean church age. Oh, I was going to skip that part, but I said it now. Revelations 2, verse 17. Let me take my jacket off, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, there's a hanger here. We don't have one of those in Grand Prairie. We need a pulpit upgrade. Revelations 2, 17 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Where's the hidden manna? It's in the ark. It's in the Holy of Holies. The only ones that had access to it were those that were given access to the Holy of Holies. And now he's saying, and, and you can look through all of these rewards down through the seven church ages. And where do you find all these rewards? You find them in Christ. All of them are found in Christ. It says, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. All right, where do you receive this? You receive it in Christ. So, so to, to the overcomer, notice it says, no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Alright, so we can't expect that some minister is going to come, that the pastor is going to one day get a revelation, say, hey, I know what your place is. I know who you are, but no, you'll receive a stone with a name written in it that no man knows except for you. So the only way to know who you are is that you have to get into Christ Jesus. Don't wait for your favorite preacher to come along and preach you a service and tell you exactly what you need to know. You have to enter in. You want to find out who God's not going to tell anybody else your revelation. God's not going to tell anybody else who you are, your place. But you have to enter in and find out for yourself who you are. The fellowship of the mystery. Ephesians 1 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. So don't ever go to God seeking the will of God and, th- and, and thinking that you have to plead with God and you have to convince God and you have to beg God until he one day breaks down and says, Oh, fine, I didn't want to tell you, but I guess. I guess I'll tell you. No, it it is it is his good pleasure. His good pleasure. He had purposed within himself by his good pleasure to make known unto us the mystery of his will. Brother Branham says, now nah, how we stuck on that, the mystery of his will. Now it's not just a little thing. Then it's a mystery. God's will is a mystery. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Here I thought we were going to understand the mysteries. And now Brother Branham's telling us that the will of God is a mystery. But that's not the end of the quote. God's will is a mystery. And each man has to seek out the will of God for his or her self. God's mystery. It's God's good will. It's his good pleasure. To share with you and to make known unto you the mystery of his will. As long as you stay on the outside, it's always going to be mysterious. You've got to get in. You've got to go beyond the inner veil. You've got to enter into Christ. That you might enter into the fellowship of the mystery. That God might make known unto you the mystery of his will concerning you. You know, we can all fellowship around the the end time mysteries and all the seven seals and all who's Russia, the king of the north and all that purple curtain and when is Rome back in control and oh, what what about that covenant that the Jews are going to make and and, and then it's going to be broken one day and oh, maybe we're seeing that and maybe we're seeing the U.S. bankrupt. Maybe we're going to see a big earthquake and oh, my, all of these mysteries and we can fellowship around those things. But what about you? What's really important for you to know is where do you fit into the picture? That's what you want to know. And if you want to know where you fit in the picture, it's not good enough to just sit around and fellowship about all of these external things. But you got to get into Jesus Christ, into fellowship with God yourself till it's just you and Him shut in with God in a secret place where He might reveal unto you what is important for your life. Where you fit into God's plan. Because he has a part for every one of you to play. The Bible talks about that which every joint supplyeth. So if you are even the smallest part of the body of Christ. You have something that needs supplying. And the rest of us are lacking the part that you have to supply as long as you refuse to dig into the Word and get into Christ and find out where you fit in. The body is not complete without you. So get to God. Search out the things of God. Dig in deep to the Word of God because we want you to be in your place so that we can be complete in Jesus Christ. In Eden was fellowship. Ephesians 3, verse 8. Well, it feels like we're going backwards, but I'm I'm sure I got these notes here for a reason. The mystery. There we are. All right, so Ephesians 3, 8 and 9 says, Unto me, who am the least of the saints, Of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So Colossians 1 now in verse 26, it says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known To who? To the saints. It's God's desire to make known to His saints. Who's His saints? Not those on the the list that the Catholics have. This is a saint, this is a saint, this is... No, those who are a part of the church of God. Those who are the called out ones. Those who have received the new birth. The Holy Ghost is living in them. The kingdom of God is in their hearts. To those ones, to the saints. This mystery now is made manifest to the saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. This mystery. The one that was hid from ages and from generations. The one that God said, Adam needs to leave. Because otherwise he's going to eat from the tree of life and live forever. Otherwise he's going to recognize the mystery. Otherwise he's going to see my plan. So... What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we, we love the message that Brother Branham preaches on Christ is the mystery of God revealed. But you have to be careful, because if you just stop there and say, well, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Oh, Christ is the mystery. It's all about Christ. Yes, it is all about Christ. In Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily in Him. All of God was was tabernacled in flesh in Jesus Christ. And there He was, revealing who God was to the world. But one day, the Spirit left Him. As, As Jesus said, it's needful that I go away. If I don't go away, the comforter won't come. So who now came back upon the church? It wasn't a different spirit. It wasn't a different spirit of God. It wasn't a different Holy Spirit. But that same spirit that was in Christ now comes back in the church in little bits and pieces. So yes, it was all in Christ because you were identified in Christ. That portion of the Spirit that dwells within your heart that is quickening you, that is molding you, that is changing you, that is teaching you the Word of God, that is bringing your flesh into subjection with the Word of God and bringing your spirit in subjection with the Word of God. That little portion of God that is within your heart was in Jesus Christ when He was here. So Christ is the mystery of God revealed. But don't forget that you were in Christ. So you are a part of that mystery. So the mystery, this, this glorious mystery hid in Christ, hid in God from ages and from generations wasn't just about Christ. It was also about you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. It's all in Christ because you were in Christ. But now that part of the mystery that you were is revealed. The mystery is still a mystery and will always be a mystery to all who have not entered in to Christ. Remember Moses. He says, There, God said, There I will meet with thee. I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark. In Numbers 12, verse 7, the Bible, God speaks about Moses as as Aaron and, and Miriam had spoken against Moses. And God now comes down and speaks. Them and says, and says, if I the Lord, if there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will speak to him in visions and in dreams. But he says, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, not in dark speeches. There was no mystery there. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Therefore, then, wherefore, then were you not afraid to speak against? my servant Moses. And then in Deuteronomy, now, Moses prophesies, and he says, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, and unto him will you hearken. What was different about Moses? That was was different from everybody else. What was different about him? He alone could enter in to that place of communion. And so Moses is saying, one day there's going to raise up another prophet that's just like me, one that is in communion with the Father, one who speaks face-to-face with God, one who speaks mouth-to-mouth, the Lord your God will raise up unto thee a prophet like unto me. Jesus speaking in John 3, 13, and he says, and no man has ascended up to heaven, but he which came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus never left that place of fellowship. He was the second Adam. He had access to that secret place where there was fellowship between God and man. He did not bypass his theophany, but he, was, he stayed connected to that place where fellowship was. And he was not ashamed of it. No man has ascended up to heaven. But he which came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven. He didn't say now I'm going to tell you a little secret. Don't tell anybody because I'm not really sure and I don't want anybody to be frightened and you know this would be kind of kind of difficult to understand. No, he just said it like it was. Like when he when he said he said where I go you know and the way you know. To Jesus There was no mystery. He understood. He knew what was going on. But then it says, we're not speaking about Jesus tonight, but we're speaking about the mystery of you. In Philippians 2, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What does robbery robbery mean? Robbery, if you have a robber, a robber comes into a place when the lights are off. Because he doesn't want anybody to know that he's in there. Why? Because he doesn't belong there. He is breaking and entering. He's coming into a place where he does not possess anything. Everything that is in there belongs to somebody else. So he has to sneak in there. And he has to be quiet. And he doesn't want to make any noise because he doesn't want anybody to discover that he is in there. Because because if he's discovered, then he's found in a place where he does not belong and he is sent to prison. But Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He found himself in Eden. He found himself in fellowship with God. He found himself walking with God. He found himself, the Son doeth nothing but what he seeth the Father do. And what he sees the Father do, that doeth the Son likewise. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I and the Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why did he think it not robbery? Because he knew... That he belonged there. The voice came down from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He said, I am the beloved son. What I say is God speaking. I know who I am. I know where I belong. And I know what the will of God is. Because I have entered into fellowship, I know what The Father's will is for me, and the Father's will is for me to be the Lamb of God, and he humbled himself to the Father's will. So what is it that you can expect to find when you enter into fellowship with God? You can expect to find the will of God for your life. So the question is whether or not you're you're able to be like Christ and humble yourself to the will of God for your life. For many of us, it's a difficult thing to accept that God has really called our names. That indeed, we are the bride of Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, what do you guys believe? Well, we believe the Bible. You know, that's, that's an easy answer to give. Well, yeah, everybody says that. But what do you really believe? Well, we believe that God sent a prophet. And, and that, you know, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel... He begins to sound all the mystery. You can you can go on these different things and but all of that is is external. What about you? What about how you who you are? Are you willing to humble yourself to the will of God for your life? You can see that the Bible is true. You can see that Jesus was the son of God. You can see that Brother Branham is the seventh church-age messenger. You can see that the message is anointed. It's from God. You can see the Bible is right from Genesis to Revelation. It agrees with itself. It all ties together, and the message ties right into it. It's not preaching another Bible, but it's preaching the same word of God that Paul preached. But what about you? Are you willing to humble yourself to accept that when God, when you look into the Word, you look in the pages of the Word and you find out that you are the bride of Christ. That you are the Word in flesh in your day. Are you willing to humble yourself to accept that? So now we must enter in. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ by a newling living way which He has consecrated for us. So Paul's saying, "Have boldness to enter into this place." There's fellowship to be had, the fellowship of the mysteries. It's available to you. The will of God for your life. It's available to you. But as long as you hold back, the Bible says, "If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him." But, but we've got to press in. Because you've been given access. Don't, don't be fearful. Don't be unbelieving. Don't, don't be doubting. But, but feed on the word. Feed on the word. If, if you don't have enough faith today, keep feeding on the word. Because how does faith come? By hearing the word of God. So keep feeding on the word until you build up enough faith to take another step. You've got to take another step. Keep feeding on the word so you can take another step. So that you can break in beyond the veil. So that you can enter into the fellowship of the mystery. Because you want to know the mystery of God for your day. What's the mystery of God for your day? It's what does the word have to do with you? At that day you shall know, Jesus said, that I am in my Father. And you are in me and I am in you. Not just him in us, but us in him. So we've, we've got to recognize at what day? The day when the mysteries are finished. The day when God takes the, the scrolls off. Sure, they had the Holy Ghost since the day of Pentecost, but yet the mysteries were hidden. It was mysterious. They didn't understand the fullness of the word. They didn't understand the depth of what it meant to be a son of God. They didn't understand what it meant to be the bride of Christ. They didn't understand what all was part of our inheritance. But now now we can enter in because now the, 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 the scales are taken off. What did he say to the Laodicean church age? Buy me gold tried in the fiery. What is that deity? by of me, or, and white raiment that you may be clothed. What is that? The finishing of the work, his righteousness, clothing the bride of Christ, and, and the eyes have that you may see. What is that? All the mysteries revealed, that you can see everything that is in front of you, that you might see what's going on. When that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Amen. So God, we read in Jeremiah, he says, the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What does it mean to have an expected end? It means that You know what the end is, and you're expecting it. You have expectation. So in order for you to have expectation of the end, then you must know the mystery of the end. You must know what your final dwelling place is. You must know not just where you came from, but you must know where you're going to. You must know how you're going to get there. He says, I'll give, to give you an expected end. It's God's desire that you would know the finishing of the work. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. As we're winding down here, Brother Branham tells a little story that I thought would just bring this alive tonight. He says, reminds me of a little story I heard one time. A lady had brought her little boy from out in the country somewhere that they lived into a city to visit his grandmother. He says, in my part of the country in Kentucky, the country means in a log house somewhere with some old clapboard shingles on it. So our mirror at home was a piece of mirror tacked on a tree where outside there, where there's a little wash bench built on a tree by the, the pitcher pump, where dad would pump the water and wash his hands, the piece of mirror there. And I've seen mama stand out there, comb her hair, because there was no mirror in the house. And this little lad must have been raised in such a home. And when he come down to visit his grandmother, she had a door that on the back side of it was a mirror. And the little lad was kind of lonesome. And he was looking all around the house, and after a bit, he happened to look through the door. And it had been closed since they come in. And in the mirror on his side, he saw a little boy, and he started to the little boy to make friends with him. And as he began to look into this glass, he got up close, and he turned around, and he said, "Why, Mama? That's me." So you know we've we, we've been we've been going around a long time, and we've been wondering who 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 am I? Where where's others? What what's what's going on in this day? What as we begin to now look into the word. And we've searched the Word, and we've seen Brother Branham in the Word, and we've seen Christ in the Word, and we've seen modern events in the Word, and we've seen the end times in the Word. But, but, but as we enter into fellowship with God, we're getting closer and closer to the mirror where, where we look into the mirror of God's Word, and we say, Father, I see myself in there. Father, that's me. There's something within you that's crying out, Abba Father. There's something in you that's crying out, and and now it's recognizing as you enter into that place of fellowship with the mysteries, the mystery that was hid since the foundation of the world, Christ in you, the hope of glory, but now that mystery is made known, and as you walk in the Word for our day, which is revealing the mystery of who you are in Jesus Christ, and you dig into into that word and you search and you look and it becomes more real and it begins to quicken itself and quicken itself and quicken itself until you recognize father that's me father i see myself father i see that i am your son that you are my father i see myself in here i see myself in your plan oh let us look beyond the veil And look into the mirror of the word that we might find out who we are. There's no minister that's gonna tell us who we are, but we've got to go in ourselves and enter into fellowship with Christ between. The cherubim of God in that secret place, shut in with God. The things of the world will begin to lose their value. They'll begin to fade away. They'll begin to become less and less important to your life the more you get shut in with God. And I'm not saying that you won't hear the word preached to you from the preacher. You will hear the word. But that's all a part of it as you enter in. Nothing can replace you and God alone in that secret place. Church will not replace that personal experience with God. You've got to get shut in with into your prayer closet and search out the word yourself and say, Lord, make this real to me. I want to see what you mean to me. I want to see where I fit into the picture. Brother Branham says the new birth is Christ. It's a revelation. God has revealed to you this great mystery, and that's a new birth. Now what are you going to do when you get all that group together where the revelation is perfectly in harmony? And God expressing it through His Word, by the same actions, the same things that He did, making the Word manifest. Oh, if the church only knew its position, and it will one day, then the rapture will go when it knows who it is. How is it going to know who it is? Because she is in fellowship with the bridegroom. She has entered into that secret place. She has gone beyond the veil. God revealed to you who Jesus is, and you were by the same, who Jesus is and who you were by the same spirit. He is the tree of life in the midst of the garden. He is the Word made flesh. He is the mercy seat. He is the manna come down from heaven. He is the revelation of God. In Him is perfect fellowship. In Him is perfect love. In Him is perfect peace. In Him is perfect faith. In Him, all mysteries are made known, including the mystery of God. Now, as the musicians come, you must go in to Him and find out who you are. Find out the will of God for you. Get into that secret place. Get shut in with God in that secret place. Beholding his face. Why don't we sing that little chorus together? Why don't we stand to our feet? The mystery of you. It's been hidden since before the world began. But now is made known. so where is it, Brother Stephen? why can't you just tell me just share it with me, let me just come to the front and you just you just prophesy over me, you just you just tell me who I am and you just tell me where I fit in and you know many times we want to do that and we, and we, and we want to just we want God to just. Spell it out for us. We want to sit down and just have a conference with God where where He tells us, okay, you're going to go through this and you're going to go through this. But don't worry because because this is your place. So this is all in preparation that you can fill that place once you get to the end. But no, He doesn't do that. He just gives us one word so that we can take the next step. Gives us another word so that we can take another step. Amen. Let Let me turn to one more scripture. If you got time. First 2 Peter chapter 1. It says In verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence. So He has given us these exceeding great and precious promises. By what? By His Spirit. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit. And now we have been given these exceeding great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. But now it's a process. Now as we enter into fellowship, now, now that relationship, when you enter into fellowship, now that relationship can grow. When you first enter into fellowship with someone, it's you just get to know them. You just get introduced. You just learn their name. You just learn maybe where they work and, and maybe some little details about them. But as you enter into fellowship, now you begin to know them. And, and you begin to also know what they think about you. So as you enter into fellowship with God, you're just beginning. But now Peter says you've been given access to these promises. That you've been given these promises so that now the, uh, you might be partakers of his divine nature. So it's God's will that his nature would be reflected through your life. You've entered into this fellowship now. So now you must stay in fellowship so that this relationship can grow. So that you might know more about him and you might also know what he thinks about you. And and as you enter into fellowship, Peter says it like this. He says, add to your faith virtue. Virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge temperance it's a relationship growing and building in Jesus Christ what is it it's transforming you so you you might you want you want to look to the end always and we get frustrated because because we 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 don't see the end picture we say well lord what's this all about why am i going through this trial why am i struggling with this health problem why am i struggling with this issue but when you get into fellowship with Christ Sickness doesn't mean anything anymore. Financial troubles don't mean anything anymore. Because now you have entered into fellowship and now you know that all things are working together for good to them who love God, who are called according to His purpose. You're not just a whim. You're not just, God isn't going to just pass you by. He didn't call you to lose you. He didn't save you to lose you. But no, He had a purpose. All things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So now by the new birth you have, you know, and you don't let the devil ever shake that from you. You know that God has transformed your heart. You know you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. So mistakes don't matter anymore. Trip-ups don't matter anymore. You're fellowshipping with the hidden manna, you're feeding, Brother Branham says, on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. You're sitting at the Father's table eating. And the Father, a Father will never take his Son. And when he, when he, the first time he tries to pick up a fork and get food to his mouth, it all falls off on the floor. And he drops his fork and he's crying. The Father doesn't turn around and smack him one and say, get out of here. What kind of a son are you? No, he says, come here, Son. Let me help you. You're not big enough yet to hold that fork by yourself, so I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna feed it to you. But now as you grow, you enter into a new part of your relationship. He's taught you how to hold that fork. He's taught you how to open your Bible. He's taught you how to find the presence of God. He's taught you how to create an atmosphere. He didn't teach you these things so that he would have to do it for you every time. But he taught you how to create an atmosphere so that you could create an atmosphere that he could come down and move. So that he could come down and heal. So that he could come down and provide. So that he could come down and move in your midst and he's teaching you and teaching you, adding to your faith virtue, adding to your virtue, knowledge adding to your knowledge, temperance to temperance, patience, patience godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness to brotherly kindness, love and if these things be in you and abound they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ and shall minister unto you an entrance into the everlasting kingdom of Jesus Christ Amen. What song are we playing? Shut in with God. Oh, shut, shut in, in
0: with God, God in that secret, secret place. place. Oh, don't be ashamed to get shut in with Him tonight. There in the spirit. That place, God. oh Father God, shut, shut in with God in, God that, in that secret place. All oh, we've been given access there.